You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Getting you ready for uh, an exciting Sunday of AFC-NFC championship football. That's what we're here for. Uh, We're going to hear from Fat Jack, professional handicapper. He's going to join us on the program. Um, We'll also hear from Cynthia Freeland. We'll do a deep dive into both these matchups. So it's come down to these final four. By the way, uh, Julian and Chantel are producing the show. Um, Shame on me for not uh, acknowledging that and saying hello. How are you guys doing? Hello. Hello. Doing good. Doing well. (laughs) <laughs> how are you Anita hello hello um I'm okay I, I just got back from from Miami today so I'm uh, uh you know I'm 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 jet set and I'm back and forth back and forth but um I'm I'm here for a, a good week and uh and excited to uh to, to see these two games play out um for me the, the, this is the the final four to me is no surprise um you know, we, we, we know how good Kansas City is. I, I did think that the Buffalo Bills were going to win, um, although I, I did have Kansas City covering. But nonetheless, um, I just, you, you know, I, I, I guess with, with the final four that are still standing, I, no surprise here for me. Surprise for you guys? No, right? Like, Absolutely not. I, I think. Right. Like, like, I think the NFL's, I think they've got it right in the AFC. I mean, could Buffalo have been there? Yes. The Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys. I know a lot of people feel that Dallas and and the Dolphins should have been there, but I've been saying it all season long. Pretenders, not contenders in, in, in order to win in advance in the playoffs and potentially win a Super Bowl, you need to beat the best teams and the Miami Dolphins and Dallas Cowboys weren't able to do that. Um, I want to say out of the two teams in the regular season, I say combined, they had only beaten a team above 500 once or twice combined. So now I understand the NFL picks your schedule. It's not like you sit back and and pick and choose who you can play. But nonetheless, when you do play those really, really good teams, um, you've got to beat them. And, And the Dolphins and the Dallas Cowboys were not able to do that. So no surprise there for me. Um... When the season began, I really liked Cincinnati, and 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 you know Cincinnati made a really good effort, but without Joe Burrow, who of course, if you recall, started the season with that calf injury. Um. So you, you kind of, and and when you look around the teams that have won and continue to win, um, you know they're teams with their starting quarterbacks. Kansas City, Baltimore, Detroit, San Francisco, all four teams uh, pretty much had all had their quarterbacks play the entire season. So, um, again, it just goes to show that the quarterback position, in my opinion, is the most important position in all of professional sport. So, and again, I, I just want to take a, a, a tour around the NFL. Um, so, again... Had Buffalo winning the AFC East, and sure enough, they did. Thought the Dolphins were pretenders. Sure enough, they were. Did not give the Patriots or the Jets an opportunity, especially after uh, Aaron Rodgers went out. Once Aaron Rodgers was out because of that Achilles, that was it. Wind out of the sails, that's for sure. 
had the Baltimore Ravens winning the AFC North um, after, of course, Joe Burrow went down with that calf injury. Cleveland obviously made a, a, a real good showing with Joe Flacco. Unbelievable. Um, thought the Pittsburgh Steelers would make it to the postseason. Sure enough, they did. They needed a, a number of things to happen for them, but obviously couldn't advance without, of course, not only just their starting quarterback, but a good starting quarterback. I don't know if Kenny Pickett is it. In the South, for me, it was the Jaguars. The South, maybe that's where I really got it wrong. Uh, who knew? I mean, the Texans, wow. Unbelievable. Uh, the season that C.J. Stroud had. Arguably, maybe the best season in, in the history of the NFL in regard to a rookie quarterback. Uh, it's quite frightening just how good this young man's going to be. That's for sure. So, totally did not get the AFC South right. I, I'm sure a number of people had the Jacksonville Jaguars um, who fell short. And then in the West, um, uh, I, I, had, I had Kansas City winning it, but I was expecting bigger and better from the Chargers. And I was intrigued by the Denver Broncos. But no surprise there that, that it's Kansas City. And so, with that being said... You know, Kansas City, the Ravens, Buffalo. I thought it'd be one, two of those three teams. And sure enough, two of those three are standing. Kansas City going up against the Ravens. Okay. Uh, in the NFC, um, thought the Philadelphia Eagles would rock, lock and reload. And sure enough, for the first, what, 10, 11, 12 weeks of the season, they certainly did. And then they just imploded. So, uh, wow, unbelievable. Dallas Cowboys, like I said, pretenders, not contenders. You've got to beat teams that are above 500 during the regular season. If you think you're going to beat teams that not only are above 500, but are really freaking good in the postseason, if you can't beat teams that are just borderline 500 in the regular season, chances are you're not going to beat those really good teams in the postseason. So there's that. Uh, in the NFC North, anticipated it to be the Detroit Lions considering that the Green Bay Packers no longer had Aaron Rodgers. So, um, and as the season progressed and we really got to know and see this Detroit Lions team and just how good they were offensively, I started to feel really confident. In fact, um, again, if, uh, if you haven't seen me, I'm on ESPN bet three or four days a week. It airs on ESPN two from six to 7 p.m., I want to say like maybe about three months ago, um, we were we were talking about what, what's the one team out there in the NFL that you'd go to the futures window for and put a futures bet uh, that's going to make it to the Super Bowl um, or possibly win the Super Bowl. And mine was the Detroit Lions. I, I felt like head coach and Dan Campbell, golf was picking up where he left off from last year plethora of weapons to work with offensively and defensively you know the Lions started the season pretty solid on defense now listen they can get after the pass rusher they've got an unbelievable pressure rate against the quarterback but their secondary is god awful but here's the thing we've seen teams in the NFL that don't have outstanding secondaries in Super Bowls we've seen it Detroit can can is is good against the run and they get after the quarterback is will that be enough against the 49ers? Only time will tell. We'll do a deeper dive into that game uh, during the show. That's for sure. But um, 
So, so no, so no surprise there that the Detroit Lions are still standing. Again, about three or four months ago, that was the the quote unquote sleeper, wink, wink team. I want to say they were like twenty to one to win the Super Bowl. That I said, yeah, I think they're going to make a really good run, um, and I think they're definitely going to be in the NFC Championship game. And sure enough, they are. Uh, big surprise out of the NFC North, obviously, was the Green Bay Packers. Who knew? And and what a what a interesting season that was because we really saw Jordan Love develop, grow, and mature right before our very eyes. And um and and I think Green Bay is in a really really good spot right now. <laughs> and obviously, one of my dogs agrees with me. In the NFC South, I think that was a crapshoot. Shrug your shoulders. Who knew? Um, did not anticipate any of those four teams to represent the NFC at this stage of the game. And in the, in the NFC West, um, was expecting bigger things from the Seattle Seahawks, hence why maybe Pete Carroll is no longer the head coach. Uh, but, you know, obviously the 49ers, um, a powerhouse. So, uh, so, so again, just to share, like, no surprise here in regard to the four teams still remaining um, representing the two remaining, the AFC with the Baltimore Ravens and, of course, the Kansas City Chiefs, and, of course, in the NFC with the Detroit Lions and the 49ers. I'm sure a lot of people anticipated the Dallas Cowboys or the Philadelphia Eagles more so than the Detroit Lions, but nonetheless, here we are. Quick break. We come back. Cynthia Freeland from the NFL Network is going to join me. We'll do a deeper dive and, and, and break down, of course, um, uh, these four matchups. I'll have all my picks, all my plays, all my prop bets for you. And of course, later on the show around 1130, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, is going to join us as well. We'll open up the phone lines, 800-919-3776. You want to chime in. Your thoughts, if you've got some plays, you're excited about some plays heading into Sunday's matchups, I'd love to hear about them. We'll keep you up to speed on some of the NBA action and NHL action taking place tonight on this Friday. You're listening to Weekend Wager here on 98.7 ESPN. And we've got the one and only Cynthia Freeland joining us now, and she's got to be absolutely over the moon, stoked. She was there in Detroit. Her Lions brought it home for her and now advanced to the NFC Championship game against the 49ers. Cynthia, how surreal is it? I mean, being there was out of this world. I was, you know, in the press box, which was hilarious because you know, I wasn't working anymore. I was done working. All those people were such good focused journalists who were doing their thing. And I'm sitting there, you know, like having tears in my eyes, trying not to disrupt them doing their work, but just being so happy and like losing my mind and watching Dan Campbell and his presser after just like crying and being like, Hey guys, can we all take shots? <laughs> so yeah. why not? I mean, you know, you know, it, it's been a long time for that city to have something this this of this magnitude to be excited about um all right well let's start with game number one kansas city going up against the ravens uh this line opened up at three jumped to three and a half now it's at four i don't like it at four i'm gonna i'm gonna think of really a lot of different creative ways uh, to wager on this bad boy but first things first let's go game script like how do you see this playing out cynthia well it's gonna be an interesting it's going to be interesting to see which kind of thing they allow Lamar Jackson to do, meaning they got to kind of pick their poison with the Kansas city defense. This is a good defense. So are you going to allow Lamar or the running backs to run, or are you going to really just kind of keep everything up front and, and kind of rely on your corners or maybe some man to, to, to help you out on the back end. So I'm curious to see how that plays out because 
that to me will dictate the pace of this game. And if it gets into a situation where we're relying on the Chiefs to have those deep passes, which by the way, they did a good job of completing against the Bills last week. That's going to be rough on them this week though, because between, you know, Kyle Hamilton, Roquan Smith, if you look at what all of those guys have done to the tight end position specifically, it's not so good for Kansas City. Right. And, and again, you know, this is a, a, a Ravens team. They're coming in. They're getting healthier, getting Mark Andrews back. They could go 12 personnel with him and likely. And then, of course, um, you know, them getting Humphrey back, Marlon Humphrey back. Meanwhile, for Kansas City, I'm hearing that they might not be without one of the best blocking, pass blocking guards. And Willie Gay, who Spags uses uh, as a spy whenever they go up against a, 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 a quarterback who can use his legs. So the Ravens coming into this, Cynthia, healthier than the Kansas City Chiefs. And this is, this is something that we've seen, right, um, in, in the postseason. Healthier teams have won. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, as simple as it sounds, it's easier to play with the good players, you know, <laughs> makes it a little easier. <laughs> But the reality is, is, you know, you've seen Lamar Jackson this year. This is the stat that blew my mind in the past year. So since the beginning of 2022, so it's past two seasons, Lamar Jackson has had 20 games where he's had 3.1 or more seconds of a time to throw. So a lot of time in the pocket, bouncing around, giving his receivers time to get open in those 20 games, he's 18 and two. So if he's able to have 3.1 seconds or more, like that just, it just spells disaster for any opposing defenses. I hear you. So, so <laughs> with, with, with it being four, right? Like again, I'm staying away at four. I don't like four. This is what I think is going to happen. I think Baltimore is going to come out. I think they're going to put up a, a, a considerable, a, a nice size. They're going to have a nice size lead. They're going to go in, in the half being up maybe 10, 13 points, something like that. Um, and then we're going to see Patrick Mahomes, play you know heroics in the fourth and get the backdoor cover that's what I'm worried about so I, just four is too much for me what say you I just really don't that 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 that's a weird number um to begin with that's kind of where I have it before the line moved that's kind of where my math put it at was so before I was more favorable towards the Ravens and then the line moved towards me so I don't love that um I'm more comfortable in this one thinking about the number of like, for example, receptions that a guy like, I don't know, Rashad Bateman, who's not necessarily the most, you know, the, the player we can rely on the most for that offense, but the numbers is too low for like, I think his number of receptions is like somewhere around two and a half or three, something crazy, 20.5 yards. I think he'll be more involved than that. So I'd rather go through and take a look at props than I would to really think about you know, that three, four, four is not a great number. You're right. Three and a half and four are not fun numbers. Yeah. Um, I, I, I don't like it at all. Prop bets in this. Mm -hmm. um, I like, I, I like quite a few. I like Lamar Jackson over rushing. Um, I like uh, Justin Tucker over field goals. Uh, I'm going to go under in regard to Mahomes with completions and under with receptions for Rice. Um I think the way that you beat Baltimore for the Kansas Chief, Kansas City Chiefs is running with Pacheco. So I have quite a, what's your favorite prop bet coming into this matchup? I'm probably, I, it's weird. Cause like, I'm, I'm kind of, 
I think that the numbers for the non, like, so for example, I think Pacheco's great, but remember Pacheco still has been on the injury report. So if you're looking for like some, some fun, like look at the numbers for like the ancillary tight end catches, right? Like it's a gray number, like 1.5 reception. So he catches two balls, you win. I think that kind of looks better. I told you like Bateman, those two numbers over. I think those are the ones you don't know. To me, the, the big, the big guy numbers, the big boy numbers, like Rasheed Rice, I think it's at six and a half. That's too much for me. That just feels too much. Right, right, right. That's why I like the under. Yep. Yeah. We've seen like MVS now be more involved. And then because McCole Hardman had some, some issues holding on to the ball, I think there's probably like a McCole Hardman special to kind of get his mojo back. But I don't know if that's a run play, which by the way, they've done or a pass play. So but but I think something something like that is a smarter way to to strategically target this game than to look at these big numbers that the that the stars are getting. Gotcha. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here. You can see her all over the NFL Network, uh, getting you ready for Sunday's action and uh, Kansas City again uh, going up against Baltimore. Baltimore favored by four. The over under is forty four and a half. Do you have a play in the over under? I lean towards the over here. Do you? I lean over as well. I'm curious to see, like, I do want to know, like, you'll know, which obviously it doesn't help you ahead of the game, but you'll know ahead of the game, the the way the Ravens have come out in the games where they've just totally dominated and run the score up, it's been those first two drives, those scripted plays. And like they did against the Lions, that one stands out. They did it against like the Niners, everyone. So how they start, that's going to really dictate to me the total number of points in this game, because I just think that, you know, Kansas City with all of their injuries is going to have to take some risks. They're going to they're gonna have to gamble. So if you're thinking about overs and unders, you really got to think about, okay, what do you conceivably think that the Ravens are going to score? And then how do you think that the, the Chiefs respond? I don't think it's, you know, you base it around the Ravens, not necessarily the Chiefs, because I think the Chiefs will have to be gambling. Again, Cynthia Freeland joining us here. Let's talk about your team, and that's the Detroit Lions heading out west to take on the 49ers. This line's been fluctuating at all as well. Seven and a half, which I find interesting. So D, so it was seven and a half. Debo Samuel comes out today and says, I'm going to play. And the line drops to seven. Doesn't make sense to me regardless. Over under 51 and a half. Here's another narrative. Oh, the Lions, they haven't played outside in 50 days. Um, so so before, before we start talking bets and prop bets and all that, game script, how do you see this one playing out, Cynthia? Well, it's funny because if you look to see what each team does, they have a lot of similarities in terms of like in-breaking routes has been a source of success for both teams. They use a lot of play action, the way that they rely on yak. Like there's some really funny parallels with the way these offenses want to operate. You know, outside zone has, you know, we always think Kyle Shanahan outside zone. That's actually been a really good source of yards for the Lions and first down. So you know, I, I'm not worried about the outside because, you know, guys, you know, it's it's not that cold up in Santa Clara right now. So it's not like mm-hmm. we're talking dolphins coming to Arrowhead. You know, it's it's a much more favorable climate. Remember, I think some people forget that Jared Goff both played at Cal Berkeley and he's from that area. So, you know, he's pretty used to that weather. So I, we have enough data of him playing in that quote unquote weather. Um, not in, you know, February, January, almost February time, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it's just an interesting, I, I think that's a, a bit overblown. Now, if, if something happens and we get like a really gusty, rainy day, that could be different too. But 
you know, the, the thing is, is Brock Purdy's also subject to that as well. And we saw last week, he, you know, he wiped his hand off and we saw there was a lot made out of that. So it, I don't think that that's, I'm not worried about that in this game. Um, before we let you go, give us your pick, give us your play. How are you playing the lions and the 49ers? Well, to be, to be perfectly honest, I don't like, this is the first time I've ever done this where I, my math has a five point win for the Niners. Um, but there's no way on God's green earth that, uh, you know, the first time my lions get to this situation that I wouldn't say the lions are going to win. So I'm going with, you know, every good analytics person just identifies what the higher probability versus lower probability play is. And for me, there's a much, it's a lower probability, but I, sometimes you got to take it, you know, like the Philly special, that's how the Eagles won the Super Bowl, And that was a lower probability play. So you know what? I'm rolling with it. And I, I think it's, I'd rather, I'd rather be on the right side of history than to say, you know, the, the, the Niners are going to win They're The Niners are the better team, but every once in a while, you know, you get the team that, that the little engine that could, that kind of takes down the, the David that takes down Goliath. <laughs> oh my gosh. So what do you do with that? Cynthia Freeland, thank you so much for joining us. Really do appreciate it. Uh, you know, uh, folks, what do you do? Your heart, it, it's obvious, Right. Like Cynthia's heart is in one area um, where she's saying, take the seven and a half. Uh, but her her model um, and this is what makes Cynthia Freeland so brilliant her model is is saying something different. But, um, you know, uh, can David take down Goliath? Uh, like I said, I, I like the I like the Lions at seven and a half, uh, but I'll do a deeper dive into all this. Uh, coming your way with you until midnight tonight. We're going to hear from Fat Jack, professional handicapper, uh, coming your way in the next hour as well. But uh, we come back. I'll get you up to speed on some of the NBA scores, NHL scores as well, and a very interesting storyline with the Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs in regards to the officiating crew that's going to be overseeing that game. Uh, Some really jaw-dropping trends that I do want to share with you uh, before, of course, uh, you get your plays in, or maybe you already have. Again, I always, I always say the earlier you get your plays in, the better, because you're going to get better lines. Hence why the Ravens opened up at three. If you jumped on it at three, good for you. It's at four. I highly doubt it's ever going to uh, drop ba- back down to three before kickoff. So the earlier you get, you get in on the action, the better odds, the better numbers you're going to get. That's for sure. Um, 800-919-3776, the phone number. You want to chime in. Now's the time to do so. Um, when we get back, again, I'll share with you uh, the officiating crew overseeing the Kansas City Ravens game. Some really wild, insane statistics, or I should say more uh, trends pertaining to that officiating crew and which team benefits from that. Next, here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. 
Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. By the way, ESPN New York presents an evening with Garrett Wilson, an intimate event in the Big Apple with the Jets star wide receiver. Uh, for a chance to score passes to this exclusive event, including food and beverage, go to ESPNNewYork.com, find the contact, contest page at the ESPN New York app, and submit your entry. An evening with Garrett Wilson is brought to you by Corona and Sandstone Auto Mall. Let's go to our phone lines, 800-919-3776. Let's go to Scott, who's driving on uh, Route 17. Scott, welcome in. Hey, Anita, my friend. How are you tonight? I'm great. Welcome. I got to put you on. You there? <laughs> we we got you, Scott. What do you want to talk about? Can you hear me, Anita? Who's driving? Yeah, we got you. Yep. Welcome in. Hello, my friend. Good to talk to you tonight. Okay. Um... <laughs> Scott, if you can, get yourself together and, and feel free to call back. That's fine. We'd love to hear from you. Um, but, you, you know, we, we've and, and for folks who you might not be aware of this, we've got a seven-second delay. So it's really important uh, when you do call in, turn your radio off, um, and uh, you've got to listen through your phone. So, all right, uh, let's bring you up to speed on some scores out there and around the NBA and the NHL. So right now the Spurs and – is, are up on the Trailblazers, 62-57. to 57. My bet heading into this was Wimby over three-and-a-half blocks and, uh, and steals combined. He's at three right now, and we're only at the half. So I'm feeling really, really good about it. Uh, dream matchup for him. The, uh, the Blazers actually lead the NBA in surrendering the most combined blocks and steals per game. So that's set up well for him. And, uh, and Wimby's minutes uh, have been on the rise. 28 minutes last week. He's kind of averaging somewhere around 30 uh, the last week or so. And I felt this was going to be a competitive game. And sure enough, it is 52, uh, 57 to 62. So, um, so I do believe Wimby is going to play 30 minutes tonight. And again, he's already got three. So I only need one, just one more block or steal for that wager to hit. We'll see what happens. The Mavs took care of the Hawks, 148 to 143. So uh, that was a close one. Rockets crushed the Hornets, 138-104. to So I lost a wager here. I had Brandon Miller over 17.5 points. Uh, don't forget the uh, Hornets. They traded uh, Rozier to the Miami Heat. The Miami Heat got Lowry, but I think they're looking to flip him. So wasn't expecting him to play. And uh, Miller, four straight games with at least 23 points. Who knew this was going to be a blowout and the Hornets were going to get their butts handed to them to the, where Miller barely played 23, 24 minutes. So unfortunately, not a lot of playing time for Miller. He's not on the court. He's not taking shots. Well, he's not scoring points. So I want to say what did he, he ended up with like 10 or something like that where the over under was 17 and a half. So uh, lost that wager. 
The Pacers beat the Suns 133 to 133 to 131. Clippers over the Raptors 127 to 107. Uh, the Grizzlies beat the Magic 107 to 106. That was a tight one. Cavs taking care of the Bucks. How about this? 112 to 100. So uh, when are they going to announce that Doc's the new head coach? Uh, Bated breath. We are waiting for that to happen. Uh, It is being reported, but it hasn't been officially announced unless it has in the last few hours. Um, And then, of course, the Thunder beating the Pelicans 107 to 83. So uh, hopefully Wimby, like I said, will get just one more, one more block or steal. Uh, As for the NHL, of course, uh, we followed the Rangers, where unfortunately they lost to the Golden Knights five to two. Um, early on, you've got uh, you had the Panthers beating the Penguins three to one. Right now, into the first, the Blues over the, tied with the Kraken, one one, all tied up at one. Uh, but this was my best bet, and I rarely, I mean, how often do you hear me talk about hockey, guys? Right? Like I rarely talk about hockey. But here's the thing: the Avalanche. Their over is like is automatic. Ten of their last eleven games has gone for seven, if not more, goals. Twenty-five goals they've scored in the last twenty-five games. Um, both these teams, the Kings and the Avalanche, play a very fast pace on both ends of the ice. The Kings went up against the Sabers last night, and and that was a total of eight. And five of the last times these these two teams faced off against each other, uh, they scored seven goals, if not more. So I loved the, and still do, I love the over here. So the first period, Avalanche put up three goals. Second period, 1-1. One, one. So we're sitting here at 4-1. to one. The Avalanche are up on the Kings 4-1. to one. So five goals. My over-under here was seven. And, well, you could have gotten the over at 6.5 with even money. What does that mean? For every dollar you put down, you get it. You get you get the same amount back, even money. You you wager a hundred, you get back a hundred. You wager fifty, you get back fifty. And the over under was six and a half. So two more goals need to be scored here in this Kings Avalanche uh, game for that to hit. But I went because I said go big or go home. I went over seven and a half goals. So I need three more goals to be scored. I need three more goals to be scored in this Kings Avalanche game. Guys, do you think you think it hits? I hope it does. <laughs> I hope so. So too. again, it's sitting at Yeah, I know, right? But it's sitting at five. I need three more goals for my best bet to hit uh in the third period. So we'll we'll keep you posted there. Um we'll see what happens. So all right. Uh when I, I want to share with you, and I think we might go a little bit over here, guys, uh, in this segment because I, I do want to share. This is really interesting. I'm all about trends, and and trends are a really big part when you gamble, right? Trends are a really big part. So Sean Smith, it's going to be his officiating crew that are going to oversee the Chiefs-Ravens game. And the Chiefs, obviously, as we know, they are the road team. They're going to Baltimore. So Sean Smith is the head official and he has like a team of refs that it's like, it's, you know, they typically, they like to stay together because they know each other's nuances and, you know, it's the chemistry between the team quote unquote of refs. But when we get to the playoffs, maybe they'll, they'll, they'll switch one or two out. 
but pretty much the majority of his team of refs will be officiating this game. Okay? So he he tends to lean towards uh, road teams winning. So home teams have only won on 40% of the games in the last three years that Sean Smith has officiated. That is the lowest win rate for any ref in the NFL. Okay? Now, just to give you an idea, home teams, across the board, home teams win 55% of the time. Hence why a home team gets a three-point, you know, being at home, home field advantage, fans, weather, comfortability, sleeping in your own bed, eating your own porridge, all that goes into that. Home teams typically win 55% of the time, but when Sean Smith is officiating, home teams only win 40% of the time. Marinating that for a minute. Across the NFL in the last three seasons, home teams have covered 50% of the spreads under Smith. Okay? Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. Across the NFL, the last three, se- three seasons, home teams have covered 50% of the spreads. Okay? Under Smith, Home teams are only 17, 29, and 3 against the spread. 37% the last three years. So again, marinating that. So the average, home teams cover the spread at 50%. With, with, with Sean Smith, only 37%. So obviously, this is not bo- this is not doing... The Ravens obviously have their backs against the wall when it comes to the officiating crew that the NFL has selected for them. Smith calls the game very differently in favor of road teams. Okay? Um, like, for example, league-wide over the last three seasons, in games Smith did not officiate, the, the false start penalties were flagged. Um, 843 false start penalties on the home team, 882 false start penalties on the road team. That's 4.6 more false start penalties on the road team, which makes sense because think about it. You're on the road, you're there, the crowd ruckus, they're yelling, they're screaming, decibel level is very high. So it makes perfect sense that road teams, of course, have more false start start penalties. Um, But with Sean Smith, that's not the case. With Sean Smith, the road teams do not the road teams do not um, have more false start penalties. And then, of course, there's the whole conspiracy theory, you know, that the NFL wants the Chiefs in the Super Bowl because of Taylor Swift. You know, you you get not only are you getting the NFL fan base, but you're getting Taylor Swifties, right? Buying up all the Super Bowl merchandise, all the things. Right. So, and there, like, there were a number of crews, officiating crews, that could have been selected for this matchup. Um, but Sean Smith was, like, there's so so for example, um, there's an officiating crew that's overseen by Blakeman. 
Blakeman is the exact opposite of Smith. Home teams with Blakeman are 31 and 19 the last three seasons, 62% against the spread. So, so out of, I guess there were eight possible referees in the NFL that could have been assigned to the AFC championship game this weekend. And the NFL selected the most road friendly ref available in Smith and put him on the Chiefs road game. (laughs) So I'm still on the Ravens. I'm still on the Ravens. But I just, those numbers are just ridiculous. Home teams, 17, 29, and 3 against the spread. Only 37% when Sean Smith is officiating. Maybe I'm a fool. Maybe this is the trend I need to follow. Um, I still believe the Ravens are the much better team in this matchup. Uh, and, and possibly the team of destiny this year with Lamar Jackson. Uh, only time will tell. But I, I, I thought uh, those statistics and, and those, well, they're not statistics. Those trends I, I felt were um, really important to share with you this evening. Uh, quick break. We come back. We'll kick off hour number two. Um, we'll do, I'll do a deep dive into all the plays and why I like in the Ravens game as well as uh, the Ravens-Kansas City game as well as the Lions-49ers game. And, of course, we'll hear from Fat Jack, professional handicapper as well. Um, with you until midnight tonight, right here on 98.7 ESPN. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, coming your way in, uh, in just a bit, uh, around 1130. I want to remind you, it's the ESPN New York Superbox Bonanza 5. We're giving away over $10,000 in cash and prizes, all qualifiers. We'll get a $25 Fanatics gift card and a chance at one of the 10 Superbox prizes. Get your box for the big game by listening mornings to DiPietro and Rothenberg and afternoons, Barton Hahn, and of course, the Michael K Show. Uh, this year's big game payouts are $500 in the first and third quarters, 1000 at the half, and a final score payout of $2,000. It's all brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey and the brand new Tullamore Dew Honey. Hey now. And Security Dodge. Come get some. For full contest details, go to superboxbonanza.com. Make sure you do that. So, um, all right. So where do we begin? Uh, let's let's begin, obviously, with the first game, 3 o'clock. Ravens going up against the Kansas City Chiefs. So, um, first things first, the, the Ravens are the healthier team, right? They get Mark Andrews back, uh, likely has been a, a complete beast. What has he got, like five or six touchdowns since uh, Mark Andrews has gone out? So, you know, it's 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 interesting. I, I, think, I think the Baltimore Ravens could throw in a different – uh, dimension in regard to uh, playing a lot of 12 personnel because likely has really stepped up in a big way. So we might see a, a, a tweak in that offense with Mark Andrews back. I don't think here's what this is what I'm saying. I don't think Mark Andrews comes back and then likely goes to the bench, especially as well as he's been playing as of late. At least I, I wouldn't want to see that. Um, you know, I I think this Ravens team can do a lot with both those tight ends, who I think they're both really good. The Ravens are unbelievable in selecting tight ends. Like, who, who's ever in their scouting department who scouts tight ends? Do you know Darren? Did you guys know this? Do you know Darren Waller was drafted by the Ravens? I didn't Darren know Darren Waller, 
Yeah, Darren Waller came for the Ravens. Um, Mark Andrews, obviously. Um, Hurst came from the Ravens. Likely, like I said, is a beast. I'm trying to think, of, like it's just, just the history of the Ravens in regard to tight ends: Shannon Sharp, Todd Heap. Anyway, um, I've derailed. Uh, at the end of the day, the Ravens are the healthier team. They get Mark Andrews back. Also, they get Marlon Humphreys back. Okay. The Chiefs, all pro guard Joe, and I hope I'm pronouncing this properly, Thune, uh, is not likely to play. And this is important. You know why? He's the best guard in the NFL against the pass, pass protection. And so you definitely want him on your offensive line, especially you're going up against a Ravens defense that leads the NFL in sacks. Ravens lead the NFL in sacks. And Kansas City might be without the best pass-protecting guard in the NFL, let alone if he does play. Obviously, he's not going to be 100%. And Willie Gay is a question mark. And Willie Gay is the guy that Spags uses to spy on quarterbacks that are mobile, like Lamar Jackson. So... Again, Ravens coming in a lot more healthier than the Can- than the Kansas City Chiefs. Ravens defense a lot better than the Dolphins and the Bills. They're not beat up, and they're not as bad. They're third in yards per play and first in yards per pass. So hands down, this will be the best defense that the Kansas City Chiefs will have faced all year long. And I know that the narrative is, oh, well, the Kansas City Chiefs actually, you know, it looks like they've got their offense on track. Look what they did against the Dolphins. Look what they did against the Bills. Those two teams were beat up and not good. So, again, for all those reasons, I do like the Ravens. I just don't like that this line is at four. I'm not going to play it at four. I'll only play it at three. Um, I bought it down to two and a half when it was three. It's gone up to four. So how am I going to play this? Uh, I'm going to play the first half Ravens at minus two and a half. Um, I'm going to play the Ravens to win, to, to be up at the half, and also to win at the end of the game. Both those things have to happen. Uh, and um, and you could get that at plus one, 110, which means you're laying $100 down to win $110. I do like the over in this matchup. I think a lot of points are going to be put up here. And I'm also going to play the Ravens team total over at 23 and a half. Um. Lamar Jackson, over 64 and a half rushing yards. Uh, When teams blitz, typically more times than not, they blitz while they play man coverage. And when when a DB is playing man coverage, his back is to the the quarterback. And whenever that happens, Lamar Jackson just tucks the ball and runs. So I think Lamar Jackson is going to be running a lot because the Kansas City Chiefs blitz, fifth highest blitz rate in the NFL. So I like over 64 and a half rushing yards for Lamar Jackson, over 10 and a half carries for Lamar Jackson. I also think he's going to toss two touchdowns, especially if Mark Andrews is back. Mark Andrews is back and healthy and likely. I wouldn't be surprised if both those tight ends score with passing touchdowns from Lamar Jackson. Um, I am going to play some unders here. I don't typically play unders, but I like Mahomes under 25 and a half completions and Rasheed Rice under six and a half. Six and a half receptions is a lot. 
So I'm going to go under on that as well. Why? The way you beat the Baltimore Ravens is you run against them. You you don't even though you're Patrick Mahomes, I'm sure he'll have some success, but not 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 a lot. So and hence I like Pacheco over 62 and a half rushing yards and anytime touchdown for him. So uh, so that's how I'm playing that. Um. Quick break, and when we come back, I'll, I'll do a deep dive into the Lions and the 49ers and all the reasons why I do like the Lions, not only getting the seven, but, uh, but getting the seven and a half. <laughs> um, also, we'll get you up to speed. We'll see, did Wimby get another block or steal to solidify my bet? Hopefully he did. We'll find out when we get back right here on 98.7 ESPN. You're listening to Anita Marks on 98.7 ESPN. Right now, the Spurs up on the Trailblazers, 85-72. to 72. Uh, Wimby still with two blocks and one steal. Uh, he's only played 19 minutes. So, uh, so hopefully, you know, I was anticipating him to play anywhere between 28 to 30 minutes. I felt like that's what he needed in order to go over three and a half combined blocks and steals. So, um... We'll see what happens there. I'll keep you posted. Uh, as for my best bet tonight, which was over seven and a half total goals in the Avalanche Kings game, we're at six. I need two more. I've got nine minutes left in the third period, um, and I need two more goals. Now, you could have gone over six and a half at even money, but uh, over seven and a half, was plus 210. So that's the <laughs> So we'll see. I've got I've got 8 9 minutes left for two more goals. We'll see what happens. But Avalanche uh listen, they scored three goals in the first period uh and they came out hot in the top in 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 the third period as well. So we'll see what happens. Keep you posted there. Um all right. So uh we've let's 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 dive into this Lions 49ers matchup. So the narrative here is that this is the first game that the Lions will have played outdoors in 50 days. And so, like, I get it. You know, they're used to the the comfy confines of, of, you know, their fast track in the Motor City. But let's not forget, golf is from the West Coast. He's a Cali kid. Weather conditions are supposed to be nice. Nothing outrageous, no, you know, negative 30, 60 mile per hour winds, snow, sleet, fall. No, it's not supposed to be like that. Now, here, here's where I do think that the 49ers are going to have an advantage, and that is that they play on Bermuda grass, um, hence fast track, of course, in, in Detroit. So it's going to slow down the Lions offense, but it's going to, but you know, it's, it's, they both have to play on the same surface. You know, obviously the 49ers more used to playing on Bermuda grass as opposed to, you know, indoor turf, but you know, in regard to the whole narrative, like, Oh, the lions haven't played outdoor. Okay. You know what? It it would be more significant if the weather conditions were going to be really bad, but they're not coaching wise. 
Kyle Shanahan is hands down one of the best coaches in the NFL. I'm not going to deny that. But he's very conservative. And so, you know, this is a 49ers team. They kick a lot of field goals. Or at least they try to, they try to, you know, they, you know, they don't, they don't. Dan Campbell is more aggressive on fourth down. It's fourth down. The Lions, you know, Dan Campbell is going to be like, ah, let's go for it. Kyle Shanahan, all right, let's kick a field goal. Let's put up three. We've got a really good defense. You know, it's just a different philosophy between the two. But Dan Campbell, I believe they're going to have to play that way um, because this 49ers defense, 49ers offense is so good that probably the mindset for the Lions is, you know, um, we we need to we need to to continue to try to go for seven as opposed to three. Um, 49ers defense is is weak against the run. Fifteenth uh, out of thirty two teams in the NFL. And we saw it with Aaron Jones last week with the Green Bay Packers. Rushed for over 100 yards. The Lions have an even better rushing attack than the Green Bay Packers. And they've got the one-two punch with Gibbs and Montgomery. Don't forget, A.J. AJ Dillon was, has been injured the last few weeks. So wasn't even a part of the rushing attack for the Green Bay Packers. It was all about Aaron Jones. So the Lions are going to have a leg up there in regard to the rushing attack. Now, great news for the 49ers that Debo Samuel, well, let me rewind. Debo Samuel came out today. And, and if you guys have the sound, let me know. I'm happy to play it. Um, but Debo Samuel came out today and said that he is going to play. And that's great news for the 49ers because the 49ers are 0-5 against the spread in games that, A, he's missed or games that he was not able to finish. Okay? Now, he's coming out and he's saying that he's going to play great. But will he finish? How many times have we seen Debo Samuel in the playoffs exit games? We've seen it. Twice already. So that trend is pretty significant. Um, and I don't doubt that he's going to suit up and play, but will he finish? That's really the big question mark for me. And last but not least, uh, Detroit, their defense, um, they're good against the run. So, uh, you know, not that anybody can stop Christian McCaffrey, but... Um, this 49ers offensive line has not been stellar this time of the season. I think they're going to do everything to stop Christian McCaffrey and put the game on Purdy's shoulders to see what he can do. And this Detroit Lions team uh, first in pressure rate this season. And so I think Hutchinson obviously is, is going to be coming after Purdy. So... For all those reasons, why I do like the Lions getting the seven and a half. Now, I do believe the 49ers win this game. But I don't believe they win by more than a touchdown. So, hence why I like the Lions at plus seven and a half. I'm also going to tease the Lions up to plus 13 and a half, along with the Ravens over 
at 38 and a half. So I'm going to tease that Ravens over down. It's at 44. I'm going to tease it down with those six points um, to, uh, to 38 and a half. Some prop bets that I like in this matchup. Love me the Gibbs over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards. Again, that's the way you beat the 49ers is you run the football and also he's a big part of the passing game. So I think he's, he's going to have to have a big game in order for the Lions uh, to keep this close and have an opportunity of winning. Hence why I like over nine and a half carries for him. I think Hutchinson gets a sack and you could get that at minus 120. Um, even though Debo Samuel is expected to be active, how attractive is he going to be? Only time will tell. I still think Brandon Ayuk is going to be a big part of this offensive game plan. So I like over 79 and a half receiving yards for Brandon Ayuk. And by the way, that that number may have dropped with the news that Debo Samuel is going to be active. So keep an eye on that. Um, I'm also going to play Brock Purdy with an interception at plus 105. So some prop bets that I'm going to play, of course, in that Lions 49ers game. So uh, Cynthia Freeland has you locked and loaded. I just got you locked and loaded. When we come back, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, who's been with us all season long, and God bless because dude's just been making money hand over fist. He's been red hot this season. So we're always great to have him on the program with us each and every uh, Friday night, that's for sure. So, um, so hang tight. We get back. Hold on before we take a break. Let me see if, uh, if Wimby, if, uh, if I have another goal. No, I don't. I've got five. I got five minutes for two more goals to be scored in the Avalanche Kings game. And, uh, anything new on Wimby, uh, Wimby's back in the game. Hold on. Wait, I think we have, and he just got another steal. So four total steals and blocks for Wimby. Ching, ching. Hang tight. We'll be right back with Fat Jack, 98.78 ESPN. Welcome back to 98.7 ESPN. Uh, it's time for Fat Jack, professional handicapper, uh, always with us throughout the NFL season and beyond and, uh, and, and has made a number of us a lot of money. So always great to have you on, Jack. How are you doing? Yeah, Nina, doing great. You know, we're running out of games. And so that's always a little <laughs> bit bittersweet. You know, we get two this week and then... Uh, I guess we can try to figure out how to bet on the flag football game next week. And then, of course, we get the big one here in a couple weeks in Las Vegas. Uh, we're all be out there all week long doing stuff. And uh, excited about this weekend, though. This is typically a real profitable week because if you don't know it by now, you're probably not going to know it. But if you've been dialed in on some of these teams, and we've talked about before, but I gave Baltimore out preseason to win the Super Bowl at better than 20 to 1 to everybody, actually, on this show in August and then all around the country and have multiple tickets for them to win. Not saying they're going to win, but they're close enough now to be relevant, which makes a, a 20 to 1 long shot Super Bowl ticket valuable, whether they win or not. So excited about this weekend and then uh, wrapping up the season in a couple weeks. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this weekend as well. Uh, let's start with the first game, three o'clock kickoff on Sunday. That's the Kansas City Chiefs going to Charm City, and that is Baltimore, Maryland, hun. Uh, this line opened up at three. It's now up to four. The over-under is 44 and a half. I don't like it at four, Jack. Um, you, you know, I, I like the Ravens at three. At that point in time, I, I think, you know, not going to be mad at you if you spin a little coin and buy them down to, to two and a half. I just think this game could go one of two ways. The Ravens can come out and blow Kansas City out of the water because prior to the Buffalo Bills and the Miami Dolphins game, 
Um, really, the Kansas City Chiefs offense has been sputtering most drop passes all season long. Or Ravens come out strong, and then, of course, Patrick Mahomes doing Patrick Mahomes things, working his magic, and they, and, and they, they get that backdoor cover. I, I really believe that this game could go one of two ways. So I, I just I'm not comfortable with the four. What say you? Yeah, you could make a good case for either side. This is debate class. I mean, we would have good information either way. Hard to make a living bet against Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs. He's been incredibly well. Now what eight one and one his last ten times as an underdog overall, uh, and he's won eight of those uh, or eight of those games, eight of those eleven games. Eight, or excuse me, nine one and one. Um, and so th- he's really, really good against the numbers, especially this time of year. But to your point, this Baltimore team has been locked in and smothering defensively when the top defense is in the league, uh, number one in points allowed. Um, it's not a coincidence that three of the four teams, the best defenses in the league, are still playing. Baltimore, then Kansas City, then San Francisco, the only teams in the league that allowed fewer than 300 points on the season. Those are three of the four teams we have left. So for all the hype and all the talk about Lamar Jackson and, and Kelsey and I, everybody, all the star players, the defense is really what got these teams here, especially, as you said, a year when Kansas City has had limited weapons offensively. They have a ton of drop passes. And as I've made so much money betting under the total with the Chiefs all year. Under in the second half has been even more productive. But if you just played under all year long, they led the league in under the total because of all the names on the back of the jerseys. They feel like Mahomes and company will score points. But overall, this has not been an offensive juggernaut. It works some weeks, but probably not against Baltimore. You talk about Baltimore, 29-9 and nine to the under their last 31 times as a favorite. So this is Harbaugh personality. It's defense first. It's don't make mistakes. Keep Lamar Jackson out of bad spots. And that has worked for them. They're also under seven of the last seven playoff games that they've had. They've gone under the total. So if you're talking about a side, I think the under is by far the best play. I understand the Chiefs went over last week and had a lot more offensive success, but I think that was as much about staying out of third down, staying in very unpredictable situations against a Buffalo team that also didn't really want to go crazy. So they they were able to, and Andy Reid's done this over his career. When they play really good defense, they generally speaking go over. But that's when they have a bunch of weapons. When they play bad defenses, they stay under. I just don't know if they have the weapons to get this total over. I think it's a low-scoring game. That does leave the back door open. I like you, liked it a lot better at three, even maybe three and a half. Now it's up to four, and I saw it moving midweek and went ahead and jumped on Baltimore at three and a half. And uh, so I think that this is a type of spot where – you can make some money, but you might have to earn it on the side. Better play on the under. Let's go under the total in that one. Um, again, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. Um, do you think that you, you feel like, and, and again, this, this if, you, if you're on TikTok and you're on Instagram and there's that viral video going around that the NFL, um, you know, the logo for the Super Bowl, predetermined, you know, and you've got the Ravens colors and the 49ers covers, uh, colors. Uh, do you, you know, feel one of the dumbest, dumbest things I've ever heard <laughs> I, in my life, not just in football. It's amazing. The influx of gamblers that have come into the market around the country that need reasons to, to believe that they're not winning. And it all goes back to that. It's rigged or it's fixed or whatever that the colors on the logo. I need a, who do you pay off? It's not about, 
in, we're not talking the NBA or we're talking, we're not talking about basketball in football. Who would you, who would you pay off to get a game to be a hundred percent to be decided by one, the one team wins, the other team loses. That's the first thing. Number two, at no point in the history of the league, have you ever heard a player that played on a team or a coach or anybody within a program, a water boy, nobody has ever said, yeah, you know what? We get a script at the start of the playoffs, or we get a script here. This is how things have to go. They buy it this way. You don't think anybody would violate the NDA for the amount of money if they had to all sign, predict they had to sign non-disclosure? The whole thing is so insane. And I don't <laughs> care what color's on the logo. First of all, the teams aren't there yet. And secondly, even if they are, they're their favorites. So good for them. I mean, these are, but to think that the idea that they would rig an entire multi-billion dollar industry and by the way, if you're going to rig it, why don't you have the Giants there? Let's get New York and, and L.A. teams, these big markets. That would be, Or Dallas. How about the Dallas Cowboys? That, you know how many Dallas fans there are in Mexico waiting to freak out? They want, they want something to cheer for. The Dallas Cowboys let them down every single year. There's, if they're going to rig it, they're not going to rig it for Baltimore and San Francisco, which are not the biggest markets. It, it, the whole thing's preposterous. It's, it's really insane, isn't it? Um, uh, again, again, since you're right, I, can't, I had an Uber driver and a masseuse this week alone <laughs> ask me about, I told them both, I said, first of all, my neck hurts. Now you're making my butt hurt. I got a pain in my, you know what, stick to the neck and the Uber <laughs> driver, let's keep our eyes on the road, bro. There's nobody rigging anything in the NFL. It's the silliest thing ever. Uh, another thing I want to throw your way is the fact that Sean Smith and his, uh, refing crew is going to rep this game. And I'm sure you're aware of this. So home teams have won 40% of the games, only 40% of the games in the last three years that Smith has refereed. Um, across the NFL, the last three seasons, home teams um, have covered 50%, but under Smith, home teams are only 17-29-3. Any any. Any value in that in regard to handicapping? This time, this time of year, Anita, I can I can pick out 10 different sets of numbers that give you 10 different things that make a lot of sense. I mean, just in the second game alone, number one seed since 2015 have covered 67% of the time. So you've got me with an official that's not going to cover about 60% of the time on the favorite. I can tell you favorites in this round, in the championship round, number one seeds cover almost 70% of the time going back to 15. So you want to believe that Smith got it against the favorites or you want to believe number one seeds get it done in this round. You can make up anything you want as it relates to the numbers, especially this time of year. That's not to mention Dan Campbell, best in the league against the spread over his career. He outperforms the market consistently since he came in the league. Number one, 68% cover rate, 36 and 17 against the spread. So it's easy to dissect those little anomalies that are happening with officials or with outdoors or with whatever. Um, but honestly speaking, this time of year, you better be digging a little bit deeper. I'll tell you a stat in this second game that's more interesting to me. Anita, do you know how many times the Detroit Lions have played outside since October 22nd? Outside, out in, out in the weather with the bees and the birds and the sky, and the sky. You know how many times they've been outside? I know it's been like 50 days or something like that, right? One time they played yeah. one game. They yeah. played at Chicago. Every other game, this these team has been played in climate control. They went to LA. They played Minnesota. They played in their home field, obviously. 
So that to me matters a lot more about what's going to happen on Sunday versus what the official over either even his career, but certainly over the last year, how the chips happen to fall, because I can give you other stats that are going to be contrarian to exactly that particular stat. This time of year, you got a lot of data. It's real hard to figure out what to believe, and what not to believe. Again, Fat Jack, professional handicapper, joining us here on 98.7 ESPN. You can find him at fatjacksports.com. Let's talk about that other game. Um, and, of course, uh, the Lions going up against the 49ers. So uh, this line has been fluctuating. Some places you can find it at 7.5. Some places you can find it at 7. I'm on the Lions side at 7.5. Uh, so, obviously, I'm loving that you can still get the hook in some places. Um what what what's your play here? What's what's your game script? How do you see yeah. this playing out? Yeah, I don't think it's going to come back for sure. I think this game has more more likely to go to seven and a half. There's a bunch of sharp players on San Francisco right now. This is the one that you feel like we talked about the defensive stats on the year, three best defenses. You know who which one doesn't belong type of theory. Also, Anita, the, Detroit has been outgained by a four, by a yard and a half per play during this playoff run. They are not winning games. They're taking advantage of turnovers. They're playing inferior competition. And, oh, by the way, on their home field. So that's what, to me, what Detroit is doing. They don't have the defense. And, in fact, they remind me a little, a little bit more of Philadelphia a month or so ago where you could kind of see them defensively, especially in the secondary, giving up more yards, giving up bigger plays. I'm not sure that works against San Francisco, especially at home, outdoors for the first time in forever. These guys are going to get sunburned if they're not careful. But you you definitely have – when you're talking about Purdy and you talk about game script, San Francisco is absolutely very predictable. When they get in behind or in games where they are – they can keep – where they don't know what the other team is going to do. The other team will have success. But when you get the lead, when San Francisco gets the lead and they're able to keep Brock Purdy in a run-first situation, throw it on play action, and then more importantly, their opponent, Jared Goff and company, where they are predictable, that's when this team really excels, especially against the number. That's why it's up at a touchdown. I, absolutely, it worries me about the back door being open. The one thing Jared Goff is really good at is a minute 20 left and San Francisco's up 13, your ticket is not safe. He will drive them down the field for that. You play shell coverage. He throws the ball down the field. Their two-minute drill is as efficient as anybody late in the game. So if San Francisco is going to cover this and you're not going to have to earn it, they better do a lot of damage early because that back door will be left open. To your point, Detroit's 5-1 against the spread their last six. Um, I just keep going back to them being outgained. Also, last week, penalties. Green Bay had five penalties, five penalty yards. San Francisco had 83 penalty yards. So they really, that last week uh, struggle, if you want to call it that, that San Francisco had, was based on a lot of things uh, not having to do with X's and O's executing if you take away the penalty. So I do think San Francisco is a better team here. I think they get there, but you're probably going to have to earn it. Probably one of my pr favorite prop bets here is uh, Gibbs, over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards combined. If there is one way, uh, to skin a cat uh, when it comes to the 49ers, and that is to run against them. Uh, we saw Aaron Jones, of course, uh, what he was able to do last week. So with that being said, uh, do you have a favorite prop bet or you, you like tailing mine? Yeah, I think I think you're going to know yours in the first, middle, second quarter. You're going to know because if, if Detroit's still in the game and it is still close, you're absolutely correct. He, that's probably a really good bet. If they get behind where he has to – Throw the ball, Jared Goff has to drop back, and they're not getting stops or that type of thing. 
uh, the, the flow of the game will matter a lot. I'm looking at the other one, Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Uh, it was 67 and a half or so when it came out. It's been hammered down, down to 63 or 64. There's a couple of schools of thought there. Lamar Jackson has been very, very good throughout the course of this year, You know, since he was hurt last year, about not running the ball first, throwing it first, not using his leg. He's not really been Josh Allen, who will run it whenever he needs to, and had some success against this Chiefs defense running the ball, had a 40-yarder in one carry. But the danger with Lamar Jackson is he can, at any point, take it to the house or run 30 or 40 yards. The Sharps have hammered this thing under, thinking that Kansas City, if they're able to do one thing, it will be control Lamar Jackson, make him beat him with their arms. I think the value is gone there, and it's a much more comfortable place to bet. put your money. I'm going to go over the rushing yards now that it's down around 62 or 63 of Lamar Jackson. He can do that a bunch of different ways if they're covering the receivers well. If Kansas City does what they've been doing and blitz, Jones gets loose, he'll be having to take off, and he certainly with his legs can get it done. So I go over the total of Lamar Jackson's rushing yards. Great stuff as always, Jack. Always appreciate you joining us, getting us ready for uh, the conference weekend championships, AFC, NFC, where at the end of Sunday night, we will know who is heading to Las Vegas. Jack, thank you so much. Absolutely, guys. Have a great weekend. Everybody get it done if you can, and you're worried about it. Go to FatJackSports.com, predicted final score in both games, along with the top prop bets and the best bets for the game. A big weekend coming. Let's make some money. You rock, as always. Uh, Still a lot more coming your way right here on 98.7 ESPN. Welcome back. We can wager here on 98.7 ESPN. And, uh, man, if we don't have you locked and loaded for Sunday, I don't know who does, okay? (laughs) It's going to be a good one. Uh, Again, the storylines pertaining to the Baltimore Ravens and the Kansas City Chiefs, and that is Baltimore's coming into this matchup healthier than Kansas City, that's for sure. They're at home. I think they are the team of destiny. And very interesting, this is the second playoff game that Patrick Mahomes has to play on the road. And yet, the two games prior to, the, to, to Baltimore, the Miami Dolphins and the Buffalo Bills, their defense can't even hold the jockstrap of the Baltimore Ravens. This will be Not only will this be the most difficult defense that the Kansas City Chiefs will have faced in the postseason, uh, this is this is probably the best defense they will have faced all season long. And let's not forget how the Kansas City Chiefs struggled, right, to start the season. So just to recap how I'm playing this, I don't like that it's sitting at four. If it drops back down to three and a half, I'll buy it down to three. I like the Ravens. I think they win, but I, I, I'm not going to lay more than three just because I have uber respect for Patrick Mahomes. And he could play some heroics in the fourth quarter and possibly get it within three. So, therefore, I'm not going to play it with a four. I'm going to play the Ravens in the first half at minus two and a half. I'm going to play the Ravens to be up at the half and the Ravens to win the end of the game. Both those things have to hit, and I'm going to get that at plus 110. I'm also going to play the over at 44 and a half, and I like the Ravens team total over at 23 and a half. And a lot of prop bet overs with Lamar Jackson rushing. Uh, I think Tucker has over one and a half field goals and I'm going to go under completions for Mahomes and under receptions at six and a half for Rice. Also, I'm going to have over on Pacheco rushing and anytime touchdown on Pacheco. That's how you beat the Ravens, or at least you try to, is you run the football. As for the Detroit Lions and the San Francisco 49ers, I love the fact that the Lions are getting the seven and a half. I think that's crucial. I think that's key. If it does drop down to seven, 
I would welcome you to buy the point up. I like it at seven and a half. So I'm going to play the Lions at plus seven and a half. I'm also going to use them as a two-way six-point teaser. So I'm going to add those six points to the Lions and tease them up to plus 13 and a half. And I like the Ravens over. So I'm going to take those six points and I'm going to, I'm going to tease the over down to 38 and a half total points in that Ravens-Kansas City game. So that's how I'm going to play that. Prop bets, probably my favorite prop bet is uh, Gibbs over 76 and a half rushing and receiving yards. I think Hutchinson gets a sack on Purdy. I think Brandon Ayuk is going to be a big part of this game plan, even though Debo Samuel is expected to play. Does he play all four quarters? Really, that's going to be a big storyline because here's another one for you. This 49ers team, they are 0-5 when Debo Samuel does not play or exits the game early. 0-5 against the spread. Just to share with you just how important uh, his presence is for the San Francisco 49ers. So again, we've got you locked and loaded for Sunday. Uh, I'm back on tomorrow afternoon from 12 to 2.30, leading into the Knicks game against the Heat. Of course, 2.30 will bring you our Knicks pregame show, and at 3 o'clock you'll be able to listen to that Knicks game right here on 98.7 ESPN. And then, of course, on Sunday, New York game day, bright and early, 7 a.m., talking some fantasy, DFS, and then, of course, getting you ready with Amani Toomer and Mike Tannenbaum for both the AFC and NFC championship games. So with you throughout the remainder of the weekend. So hope to see you then. Big shout out to our producers, Julian and Chantel. Always appreciate you guys. Everybody have a great night. And uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow afternoon right here on 98.7 ESPN.